Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we are disappointed to learn that slimes do not taste like slime. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We have got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news from the week, including the Disney Classic Games Collection, Aladdin no, and Lion King. No, they just call it Disney Classic Games, Aladdin, Aladdin and the Lion King. King. <sighs> and then on Thursday, we're going to be, uh, have a good old-fashioned uh, Nintendo job swap. But in the meantime, Mark, how are you? Do you know one thing I do, I'm doing great. Thank you. Yeah, very uh, good. One thing I don't think we did that we normally do is huh. do a little tippy tap on the microphones before we start. Oh yeah. Do you want to? No, I was <laughs> I was going to invite you to do that now. But look, man, I'm I'm monitoring everything. We're here doing and, a tippy tap yeah, with our voice. A tippity tap, and I'm doing a little like visual tippy tap. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I I absolutely know what you mean. Um, good. We're looking good. We're sounding good. It's the end of the summer, and we're doing that good, too. I went to the beach the other day. Wow. Yeah, on Saturday. How was that? I got sunburned. Oh, no. And played in the ocean. So the the good with the bad. Yeah. Uh, uh, Sarah and I played in the ocean. Uh-huh. Uh, got tossed around by some waves, uh, and we said, we're having summer fun. And that's really all anyone can ask. <laughs> that's all you could possibly ask for. Here's one more thing you could ask for. Sonic forces my copy of it instead of yours or your friends or something. Um, you can borrow my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. All you got to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail.com. I mail it to you. You send it back to me. And uh, I, I'm technically mailing it back to me. You're just dropping it in a box. It costs you nothing. Zero zeros. That's true. Point zero zero. Um, so get on that, Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail.com. Um, and uh, you can also send us your Mario Maker 2 levels. We want to play more Super Mario Maker 2 levels. So you can email us at the aforementioned email address, or you can tweet at us at Nincart Society. Um, and we got an email from Tegan. Uh, Tegan says, hey, guys, my name is Tegan. I've been listening to your, to your podcast for a couple of months now. Try my Super Mario Maker 2 course. Uh, and then Tegan uh, shares the uh, code, which we will have in our episode description. Um, uh, and then says, also want to know your thoughts on the Breath of the Wild sequel. Um, so first, let's talk about this level. Uh, it was a ghosty house. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it uh, starts, starts you off with like three doors you got to go through. And each door presents its own little challenge that you have to uh, collect some co- red coins to get a key. Um, that was all cool and fun. I didn't, uh, I died a couple times, more times than I care to admit. Well, I got to say, I was... Totally delighted at all the Monty Moles. Yes. Oh, man. There's a part of this where it's just like a wave after wave of Monty Mole. It's too many moles. But like in a fun way. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Um, and then the, uh, the level ends with a little bit of a dirty trick. Oh, I would say very much a dirty trick. Yeah. So there's... I guess we won't spoil it. Well, y- yeah, that's true. Um, how, how do you feel generally about those, these kinds of tricks? Tegan. 
for shame. Tegan, look, there's. I mean, I'm not gonna say don't don't troll each other because like it's fun. Trolling mm-hmm. trolling can be fun. Yeah. Um, but the the fact that it ends. Uh, that this particular act of trollery ends in a death, an unavoidable death, um, and then you're not respawned, like, right... Like, if, if there was a checkpoint right before that, I think it would be, like, a million times better. I will go so far as to say big ups, though, to Tegan, for the use of checkpoints. Oh, yeah. Yeah, use them checkpoints. We love it. Um, and uh, Breath of the Wild sequel. Oh, uh, I'm super excited. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, uh, un- unreasonably so. I sort of expect to be disappointed by this game. Really? Yeah, because I, d- I don't have any way of tempering my expectations. Oh, sure. Like, I just think I'm going to go in and be like, oh, yeah, this is going to be the best game ever made again. Right. And there's no way I can live up to that. No, I think that's super fair. It reminds me a little bit of Super Mario Galaxy and Super Mario Galaxy 2. Yeah. Both amazing games. Uh-huh. But there is something to... Just like the experiencing something for the first time where Super Mario Galaxy excels, even though Super Mario Galaxy 2 is maybe the better game on I, paper. I think it is. I, I think if I were to go back and play one right now, it would be two. Um, I think there's just more in it. Uh, and like for as much fun as it is to like run around Rosalina's starship, um, it is totally superfluous. And like doing away with that sort of like overworld is, is the right choice. And I, uh, and again, maybe it'll be another like Bioshock, Bioshock Two situation, where Bioshock Two is probably again like the better game mechanically, mm. but there's something to experiencing Rapture for the first time that mm. you know the second yeah. game could never recapture. Well, and the the first Bioshock is just so like focused on um like the environment and like the storytelling, right? Where like the second one is kind of more like amp up the combat yeah and you're like oh this is exactly what i didn't care about in the first one (laughs) what is the one thing that the breath of the wild sequel could like refocus itself on that is present in the first game that would make you go oh forget it i didn't care about this component of the game at all korok seeds it's just all korok seeds (laughs) i will tell you one (laughs) else it's just i roll with 900 new korok seeds (laughs) i will tell you uh something that if they added more of into the game I would, I'd be super excited. Is more Tingle. Oh, okay. I thought, uh, I don't know why, but I thought you were going to say more romance. <laughs> well, because I'm a romantic at heart. Yeah, that's right. Also, we've, all of our hearts have been turned by uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses. That's true. <laughs> we have all, every single <laughs> oh, sure, one of us. Sure. If they want to yeah. put Link as the professor at a, <laughs> uh, as like a magic school, yeah, yeah. that's fine with me too. Yeah, I weigh into it. Um, so th- thank you, Tegan, for your email. And see, everyone, if you send us your Mario Maker 2 levels, we'll also answer some kind of question. Um, and then, uh, Mark? Oh, yeah. Uh, we just want to say thank you to Ben Brad, who gave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you know, uh, giving a five-star review for this show on Apple Podcasts costs you nothing. And it doesn't cost you anything anywhere you listen to this show. That's, I mean, maybe that's true. There might be some, like... Pay to review podcast you services. You shouldn't be listening to podcasts there. You should not. We appreciate the five star review, uh, Ben Brad. Um, it's we we love it. Thank you so much. Um, all right, Mark. Let's get into what we've been playing this week. So I've continued to slowly make my some progress in uh, Hollow Knight. Yeah, how's so that thank going? Thank you again to Martin for. 
providing us with copies. Um, I really like it a lot. I'm not very good at it. Mm. Uh, I think I'm going to start consulting a guide. What a great idea. As to where I should probably be like directing my efforts. I still feel a little bit lost. Again, I haven't played for super long. I maybe like three or four hours into the game. But I just feel like I'm not... Maybe I just haven't taken to the mechanics. Like dying, losing all of my progress, you know, yeah. having to go back and find it. Uh, but it, it, I, I am enjoying it. I just don't think I'm playing it right. If that makes sense. Are you playing it in like uh, smaller chunks, or have you gotten like some big, uh, like big lengths of time to actually sit down and play it and really dig in? So I've basically been playing it in like probably like one hour chunks. Yeah, which I think helps. Because one of my uh, one of the problems I have with this sorts of games that I talked about last week is just like knowing where on the map I am, and it does um, kind of like obviously reveal itself and make efforts to help you do it in bite-sized chunks. Like you find these benches where if you sit on them, that becomes like your new save point of have, instead of having to go to the top every time. Oh sure, okay. Um, but you know, I think of the first time I played a uh, like the Bloodborne. And or maybe like Dark Souls or whatever, and it takes probably you know the first time I played one of those games like five or so hours to really get the hang of it. Yeah. Um. Before I wasn't like dying all the time, and I really understood like the mechanics, and so I'm kind of expecting the same sort of switch to flip here eventually. Um. Giving it given enough time. Yeah, I I feel like that that's uh that is frequently the way in like that sort of Metroidvania style where like you just have this huge open map um and just sort of um you have to kind of train your brain to recognize the things that are going to be like oh I got to come back to this later um and you know like I, I remember crossing that threshold in the messenger um and uh being like oh I understand how this world works and how it connects and just like loving it then uh, but it it is strange that it like it takes that like a specific instance of like oh now i understand it i am really appreciating like the details of the game mm -hmm. so just the animations the music the entire like aesthetic of it is really beautiful so it's a game that i really want to dig into but the problem i'm having a little bit right now is it feels a little bit like work yeah whereas and so there are other there are other games like fire Emblem three houses that i'm playing i picked up um phoenix right ace attorney that right. those are kind of like the siren song of those games of like the comfort of ace attorney and just like the adventure and fun that i'm having trying to make progress in fire emblem three houses that uh it's difficult to compete right now um do you have any uh new uh revelations about fire emblem three houses not really at some point i would love maybe when uh i don't know i haven't hit the time skip yet yeah but maybe when I get there, that would be a good time for us to do like a we should do like a like spoiler, spoiler cast, yeah, yeah, episode, and then maybe another one after I've like finished an entire playthrough. I mean, I th I think we should do we should get uh, Kelly Nugent on here, and we should do a spoiler cast because she's playing through as the uh, the Black Eagles. You're playing through as the Blue Lions. I'm playing as the Golden. Oh, Deer. this would be perfect. Yeah, so it's not to tip our hand, but that is going to happen, <laughs> and it's going to be a super fun episode. Um, so we'll talk more about Fire Emblem Three Houses uh, later. You and I talked a really good game about picking up some games on sale on Capcom Sale. The uh, you picked up the Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney trilogy, and I picked up the Capcom Beat 'Em Up bundle um, for uh, eleven dollars and ninety nine cents. But no, they were all gold coins. 
I got it all with gold. Oh, coins. really? Congratulations Didn't for spending that much on yep. other Nintendo games on the eShop. Yes, I mean, I think it is largely because of the the vouchers that I bought. Oh, sure. So I, you know, had a bunch of those just saved yeah. up, and I was like, oh, okay, great. Then this thing cost me nothing. <laughs> um, tell me about the Phoenix uh, Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney Man, collection. These games are really comfort food for me. It was probably about ten years ago at this point. Actually, probably more than that. That I played the yeah. original games on. Well, they were original because they originally came out on the Game Boy Advance in Japan, but the first time they came to the West was on the DS. And so I played them mm. when it was on the DS. Man, I love that these still games. counts as when they came out originally. <laughs> if it, that's the first time they came out in the States, that still uh, counts. Um, I just really love these games. Yeah. And it's been, it's really fun to play them again. It's been a long time since I played. I'd picked it up on like the iPhone and maybe like the iPad release or something, but I never really enjoyed playing there. Uh, I like kind of the nicety of playing it on a big TV. It looks fine. Mm. They've obviously like they have redone all the art, and I think some of the characters have lost some of the charm a little bit. Oh, well, in, in some of like the poses, yeah. Basically, Phoenix Wright just isn't as hot anymore. Oh, is what no. it comes down to. He's like a little bit Quasimodo ish looking. That's in some of the poses. Really? <laughs> yeah. It, I don't know. It's really weird. Overall, okay. it's like if you've never played them before, you would never know. You would just be like, why is Mark so attracted to Phoenix Wright? You know what I'm saying? Which is something that you wouldn't have even <laughs> known until listening to this episode. Right. I don't think I realized that you were attracted to Phoenix Wright. Well, it makes it makes sense. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, it he's makes a sense. lawyer. I can t- <laughs> he would take care of you. would be comfortable. <laughs> I could get so good at tanning. <laughs> But yeah, it's great. I'm loving it. So how you picked up the uh, Capcom Beat'em-Up bundle. I did, um, which was a game that was uh, super attractive to me when it came out. Um, not in the same way that Phoenix Wright is to Mark. Um, but I was just like, eh, for whatever reason, $20 seems like too much for seven games. I don't understand how we value <laughs> video games. Um, but so I, uh, uh, prior to picking up this collection, I was really only familiar with I mean, two- also, sorry, not to interrupt, but also... Uh, because you had purchased Street Fighter 2 yeah. when it came out originally on Switch around launch for like 40 bucks, right? Or 60 bucks? Yeah, but so this is not... Uh, well, let's not confuse that with this. Um, this is the... Go ahead. No, I totally understand. I'm just yeah. saying piggybacking off what you said about how we value games. Oh, yes. Yes. That uh, how many times am I going to buy Street Fighter 2, uh, including on the Switch? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just buy it over and over again and spend 40 bucks on it. Um, but so uh, prior to uh, getting the beat-em-up bundle, I was only really familiar with um, two games in this collection. Um, one is Final Fight, which is a game I've played a bunch. Um, and I think I had on my PlayStation 3... Um, and uh, then this game, The King of Dragons, which uh, I didn't realize was, it was a game that I remember playing in arcades, which had a very um, like D&D sort of uh, feel to the sort of beat-em-up genre, where like the characters level up, um, and like they encounter like magic spells that are like kind of floating around, and you can like pop the bubbles that contain the spells, um, and like everyone gets hit with fire, and you're fighting orcs and dragons and uh, cool stuff like that. Um, so I, uh, uh, when I discovered that this was part of the collection, um, that was the first game I played. Uh, and man, I love a good beat 'em up arcade collection because it's just 
infinite quarters and you just you just play like it's all these games that are you know designed for you not to be able to beat in the arcades without spending like eight bucks on um that like i could just you know i like it it's no skin off my back if i have to continue three times on one boss who cares um and uh just like play through all of it um and you know something like that will take you know 35 40 minutes um and uh so i played all the way through uh king of dragons and i played all the way through captain commando which i'd never played before um and battle circuit and i believe battle circuit is the one that had never been released um Mm -hmm. in in the states before um and i gotta say i i don't know another company that does um the kind of like rapid invention of like new stuff um for really simple beat-em-up games uh the way that capcom does uh the playable characters in captain commando are nuts um and uh, so there there are four playable characters one of them is the titular captain commando who is like a, a reverse engineered capcom mascot captain commando capcom um and so like he's like the most generic of them um and then there's like a mummy who wields knives who's, nice. who's called mac like Mac the Knife, um, and then there's uh, a um, like cyborg ninja named uh, Ginsu, um, and then there's a baby piloting a mech, <laughs> which is just called Baby. So it's a, it's a tiny little baby in like a green mech suit running around punching stuff, um, and uh, you know the, all the enemies you fight and all the environments that you uh, uh, explore are huge and colorful and um, it's just like I don't know the the designs in this thing are uh amazing. And the the same is true for, for Battle Circuit, um, which uh is I'm not even really going to be able to remember all the playable characters, but there's one that's like um a a little girl riding a pink ostrich. <laughs> there's one who's like a green uh like plant monster, almost kinda looks like Shumagorath, um, from like the Marvel universe. Uh and yeah, I mean it's you know, none of these experiences are like super deep dives into like interesting gameplay, but it just has like a fireworks show of 16-bit uh like cool sprites and music that is just awesome. Like uh, th- this package is great. I'm so glad that I picked it up. How is it playing it all on Switch? I assume you're playing on the Pro Controller. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm using it uh, uh Pro Controller and I've just been playing it on in the TV mode. Um so I haven't really taken it uh into uh, handheld yet um but it, it's also got a lot of good um uh like galleries and um concept art um that i actually flipped through and, and really enjoyed looking at um there's no like uh rewind feature or anything like that but again for games like this you don't really need it because you just continue again at zero penalty to you that sounds really cool yep i'm having a ton of fun with it and i'm really looking forward to playing through the uh four other games uh in there four other games mark i have four more games to play one of them is Final Fight, so like I've played it already. Anyway, uh, that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new re- new releases and what we might be playing next week. It is September, so that means the deluge of games it is has starting. begun. Wow! So today, September third, you have Spyro Reignited Trilogy released for Switch. Torchlight Two is on the eShop, and Final Fantasy VIII Remastered is released. Final Fantasy VIII Remastered. I think this is the first one of the Final Fantasy games on Switch that I'm going to pick up. Oh, yeah. Um, just because it is kind of like the Dark Horse Final Fantasy game, I feel like. One that I have never put 
that much time into. Yeah. Um. So I know that we had talked a little bit in the past. You picked up Final Fantasy Nine. Yes. Remastered, and the difference between the original game and like the remastered graphics. I was kind of looking at the comparisons for Final Fantasy VIII. It doesn't seem remarkable. Like uh, the, the characters have more fidelity yeah. and like actual faces, um, but <laughs> the backgrounds still still are just yeah kind of like yeah which which is a, a weird thing because that that's also what happened in in nine too that they like they redid all of like the main character models, um, but then like you drop them in and like the background still a pre rendered thing and like all of the NPCs are like kind of crummy looking, um, but you know that's if if you just like accept that's going to be part and parcel like it's it's fine. I also, I guess I'm also getting caught up in the hype a little bit about like, ooh, this is the first time this game has been available yeah. in like a really long time. Uh, on February, on September 5th, River City Girls is released. Which is a, it, it's not actually a River City uh, Ransom or whatever that series is actually called. It comes up all the time and I always forget it. Well, I mean, but why ruin that bit now? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but it's it's not it's not technically uh, uh, connected to it, but it's just a, a, a similar like beat 'em up style game, right? From Way Forward, I think. Yeah, is I don't developing know. it. And then on September sixth, NBA Two K Twenty is released on Switch. Tetris Ninety Nine is available on retail, and also Creature in the Well. Yep, and Creature in the Well is one of those games that we saw pop up on the last two um, Nintendo uh, indie showcases whatever by whatever names they were going by at the time um so yeah a lot of stuff coming out and uh you know we're just kind of pedal to the metal now. yeah it's only gonna get heavier i mean zelda comes out in just a couple weeks i can't believe it <sighs> uh. all right mark let's get out of the new releases And now it's time for a regular segment on the show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance, 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Uh, Today, Mark, we're going to be talking about school lunches. How'd you do it? Uh, what were your favorite school lunches? That sort of thing. Probably my favorite school lunch was, I think, all through junior high. I basically existed on a Snickers bar and a 12-ounce can of Sprite. Okay, so this is something that I think we need to talk about, is that when we were children, we ate so much sugar, and, like, that was it. Yeah, my parents, they they had to have known. My parents had to have known what was going on. Right. But every day in junior high, I got money for lunch, and pretty much every day. That's what you spend it on. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I remember um, a lot of times in high school that I would get um, a I, either a uh, Nutter Butter bar uh, or the, like, uh, oatmeal cream pie, the, like, Little Debbie oatmeal cream pie, and I think a Mountain Dew, <laughs> and that would be lunch. In high school, so... Uh, my high school is kind of, it, it was like outdoors. Yeah. Right. Um, California style. Right. Exactly. And so there was like a, there was a cafeteria that I never went into mm-hmm. for like the four years I was there. There was a pizza, 
like Red Baron's pizza stand in the middle. Yeah. And then there was also just a cart. Ugh, Red Baron. <laughs> if you're going to have anyone sponsor your pizza stand at a school, do not. No Red Baron. No Tombstone. <laughs> just get Pizza Hut or Domino's in there. They're, they make the same amount of money either way. Yeah. I think. Wait, I, I don't know if that's a point for your point or know. against your point. And then they would just wheel out a cart that what they served was nacho cheese that they would pour into a bag of Doritos yeah. that you would pay like three bucks for. I mean, it's a pretty grim situation. <laughs> uh, the thing is, I know that in high school there were there were like two different lines that we could go through to like get a meal, right? Like, yeah, for sure. Um, and there were probably like vegetables in that meal. I probably could have grabbed an apple. Um, but like, I never ever wanted to do that no i never did also we had an open campus uh sure so at some point we just like left for lunch yeah we uh we never had like open campus where we could leave for lunch but also like i know i stopped going to the cafeteria when i was just like oh i could get my nutter butter and, and mountain dew and go to the orchestra room and just hang out in there like, I, I used the orchestra room for everything. I stopped using a locker because I was like, oh, I'm just going to put my stuff on a table in the orchestra room. Who cares? I live here. Did you ever bring your lunch to school? Um, I mean, only when I was very young because, um, like, I, I don't really remember bringing lunch in, like, a paper bag. I, I do remember having a lunchbox, um, though for the life of me, I couldn't tell you what it was now. I'd want to say it was either Ninja Turtles or Mario. Um, but I don't think I had a Ninja Turtles lunchbox. We had one of those. Um, I, I I had one of the like reusable, um, like tote type things that like Velcros sure. on top and is insulated. I had a lot of peanut butter and honey sandwiches Ooh. as a kid. Well, oh well, I guess I guess we will never know. Uh, we were accompanied today by the EBU Your Radio Orchestra. All right, Mark, let's get into the news. Talking a little Super Smash Brothers Ultimate DLC characters. Ooh, let's do it. So Hero was just released, but we're still waiting on Banjo-Kazooie. Pres- maybe coming sooner than we think. So I've got a little bit of an update on that. Um, there is a display that has uh, popped up at Japanese 7-Elevens that are showing. Uh, so it, it's it's an ad that shows uh, like Link's Awakening and... Um, Super Mario Maker and a few other things, uh, but it also includes Banjo Kazooie uh, and as like uh, a, a character coming to Smash. And these standy these stands are supposed to be up until the fifteenth. Um, the last time that we saw uh, Standy advertising the new Smash character in a Seven Eleven, um, it was for the hero, and it was just a couple days before he actually released. And you know we've been predicting possibly a uh, direct. Um, sometime in the next like two weeks or so, and I think this could be it, it, that they could coincide. Yeah, for whatever reason, I was expecting Banjo to be further out, like more towards the holidays. J- maybe just because like Hero was just released, but I guess Joker was released not that long ago. So I guess and the uh, Piranha Plant not long before that. So I guess the cadence actually has been a much shorter than I had originally thought in my head. Yeah, well, I mean, if it's like six characters over the course of like a year plus, you know, 15 months, um, then you got to really keep up a a steady clip. So 
That means there are, what, two more characters looming out there. Yeah, that we do not know, yes. Uh, But there's already rumors about who the next DLC character for the game could be. The Nintendo UK page for Challenger Pack 4 had SNK, the uh, game developer, mentioned as part of the copyright information Mm. on the page. So leading to speculation, of course, that an SNK character would be featured. Um, What does that do for you? So I'm not much of a fighting game person. I feel like SNK does a lot of did a lot of arcade games. Totally, and, and a, a lot bunch of, of arcade games. fighters. Yeah, and that's just not something that I was ever super into. So um, I am always excited for a new Smash Fighter. Oh, but totally. The fa- if they are from an SNK game, it doesn't like really move me. Yeah, I mean, I know uh, that um, you know the the new. Um, King of Fighters game was announced at uh, Evo to, um, you know, much uh, speculation and hype. Um, So it could be a King of Fighters character. I think that would be pretty cool. Um, I would love it if it were a Samurai Showdown character um, because the new version of that game um, came out just a couple months ago uh, and has been, you know, really neat. And they're supporting it with a lot of DLC. Uh, And also just Samurai Showdown is a a cool franchise with, like, neat-looking characters. but it is uh, even being a fan of fighting games and liking both King of Fighters and uh, Sam Show. Uh, I do. F- I'm like I'm just a little bit outside it in that I can't really predict or get excited about anyone until I see what it is. Uh, but I, I, I think uh, I think it's gonna be good. I also think SNK makes a ton of sense. Totally. Um, it's a historic gaming company who doesn't have a presence in Smash Brothers right now, and. As we all know, Smash Brothers Ultimate has just become a video game museum, basically, in a really cool way. Totally. Well, and also, like, once once uh, Ken and Ryu are in there from Street Fighter, like, come on, you gotta, you gotta put some SNK fighting game character in there. You gotta. Totally. I mean, although I do think I speak for everybody when I say, just Where's put Ridley Sub-Zero? in it. Oh, what? <laughs> Ridley? <laughs> um, a bunch of Nintendo and Nintendo-related news coming out of PAX West this past week. First of all, Nintendo and Square Enix held a panel discussing Dragon Quest XI-S, which is headed to the Switch in about 20 days. Oh, sorry. Are you referring to Dragon Quest XI-S Echoes of an Elusive Age Definitive Edition? Why, yes, I am. Very good. Uh, the bit from the panel that probably shook the internet hardest was the fact that Dragon Quest's famous slime enemies are, in fact, edible, and they apparently taste like lime. Now, I'm not mishearing you, right? They taste like Lime? Yes. Slimes taste like lime. Interesting. Yes. I mean, for one thing, slimes are blue. Yeah, blue slimes are blue. (laughs) Oh, yeah, and I guess green slimes are green. That's a great point. And metal slimes are kind of (laughs) silvery. But do you think they all taste like lime? Apparently so. Okay, what, what metallic thing... Tastes like. Can you imagine the combination of metal and lime? It'd be like drinking limeade. It sounds it's like a Gatorade level. Yeah, <laughs> Gatorade level. Gatorade flavor. Metal lime. lime. Um, and you know, also when we're living in a world that Guiji is green, yeah, but tastes and has the consistency of a gummy bear, but tastes like coffee. Right. I feel like nothing means anything. Right. Also, don't forget that Guiji is a time traveler. He was sent back in time to help Luigi during the course of the original. I mean, he's a Terminator. E- yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a T-1000. He's liquid metal. Uh-huh. Uh, except not metal. Because he is not a metal slime. No. He's a Guiji. Right. He's a green coffee-flavored uh, gummy bear. 
Nintendo has never built an achievements or trophy system into one of their consoles, like Xbox or PlayStation does. But in the past, Nintendo published games have had their own sort of um, like reward achievement system. And it looks like something like that could be coming to Luigi's Mansion 3. Interesting. Nothing has been officially announced, but apparently the build of Luigi's Mansion 3 that was on display at PAX West uh, had like little um, achievements for doing certain things. Sure, just like little like checklist things. Of- yeah, or like I, they must have like shown up in game. Um, one of the things that I really liked about the, uh, Nintendo published Wii U games, um, was that they were unified around this idea of collecting stickers that you could use in Miiverse posts. And yeah, I mean, the actual functionality of like using stickers in Miiverse was kind of stupid. Um, but the idea that I was collecting stickers through, uh, Super Mario 3D World, through um, the uh, NES Remix games, through Splatoon and all of that stuff um, was really, really cool. Um, and like, I, I like just that it's a sort of universal collectible. Um, that's something that feels so much more meaningful than just like the achievement. I know. know I, mean? I, I, I wish that they would have carried something like that over into the Switch. I guess I understand why they didn't. Because my thought was like, oh, you could do something... Like, if you wanted, all these games had stickers, and Miiverse doesn't exist anymore, but if you wanted to have, like, a unifying reason for these stickers, you could have, like, a sticker book. Yeah. And I could look at your sticker book, and you could look at my sticker book. Maybe we could trade stickers, you know? But it totally doesn't fit with the, like, aesthetic of the Switch. That's true. Which is just very kind of, like, austere and less, I guess fun yeah for lack of a better term less like a toy yeah uh, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't make sense for your switch to be a virtual sticker book but i mean all of that's gonna get thrown out the window when animal crossing comes out and like that's all your village is basically right is a virtual sticker book right bring back the stickers <laughs> we're also getting a new collection of classic disney games to uh switch xbox and playstation this fall it's called Disney classic games, Colin. Aladdin and the Lion King. So this includes uh, a couple different versions of both of these games, right? Yeah. Okay. So it includes Aladdin for the Sega Genesis, mm-hmm. Aladdin for the, uh, they call it the Game Boy version, which includes a Super Game Boy version. So uh, the Super Game Boy, of course, was a cartridge that you bought for the Super Nintendo that it had like a Game Boy cartridge slot on it. So you could play Game Boy games on your Super Nintendo and they had a theme around it and they were in color. It was pretty cool. It's pretty limited color though. Like it mostly just replaces the four colors of uh, the, the the Game Boy and uh, with like, you can like kind of edit the palette. Yeah, on, definitely on, on not a like a Game Boy color type situation. Right. I have one of those. Did you know that? A uh, Super Game Boy? Yeah. I, oh, still? I used to. They also released one for the um, GameCube. The Game Boy Player. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I've never owned one of those um, and am jealous of anyone that got to play them. Um, okay. So there's, yeah, also, there's also Aladdin Final Cut, which promises difficulty adjustments, camera refinements, bug fixes, and some additional surprises for fans, plus the trade show demo version that apparently hasn't been publicly available since 1993. Important to note here that the um, Super Nintendo version of Aladdin is not on here. Um, It is a different game. Uh, It's maybe not even fair to say the Super NES version 
Super NES Aladdin is a different game. It was developed by Capcom, uh, and it is not included in this lineup. Famously by uh, Resident Evil creator Shinji Mikami. That's right. So as far as The Lion King goes, you get the Genesis version. This one, you get the Super Nintendo version. Yep, and the, they're basically identical. The Game Boy version, also including the Super Game Boy version. The entire collection has a rewind feature. Yep. Uh, also has a like uh, f- uh, like master play feature where you can um, just watch a pre-recorded basically video of it. Uh, except it's not video because at any point you can press the button and take control uh, of the character. So it's basically if there's a section that you want to get past uh, without having to actually play, you can just make the game play it for you. So I know these games have a lot of love from uh, people who grew up on them. I, for whatever reason, even though I was a big Disney fan and a big Nintendo fan, never played either of them as far as I can remember. Uh, so I played the heck out of The Lion King on Super Nintendo. I've been hearing a lot over the last week uh, since these games were announced. Uh, people saying that The Lion King game is too hard. And I would say that these people are cowards because my little brother and I beat this game uh I don't know, 20, 30 times. We loved this game. Patrick, a, found, a founding member of the Lion get King good. Get Good Foundation. That's right. The thing, okay, look, are there some uh, difficult moments in the game? You bet. You bet there are. But it's really not, it's easier than like Mega Man 2. I mean, this also has a rewind feature. Yeah, yes. So and, take and, liberal advantage of that. And a, uh, a an autoplay feature if you just <laughs> want to see it. Um, I mean, all, all of these games, uh, the Sega and uh, the Genesis and SNES games, um, all are beautiful games, right? Like, they've, they've got really gorgeous animations um, and really feel like Aladdin and Lion King. Um, it's a little bit weird to see them come out in the same year that we got... Um, re-releases of both those movies or live action versions of them um and they're not going to look anything like those movies well you know whatever yacht club games held a nintendo direct style presentation late last week got a bunch of shovel knight related news you bet we did so shovel knight king of cards shovel knight showdown the physical release of treasure trove for switch and the Amiibo 3-pack are now all coming in December. That's right. And it, there was at some point where we thought these games were going to be coming in August, I believe. Or possibly y- September. I think, po- yeah, something like that. Earlier this year, for sure. Right. And then uh, we knew that they were going to get pushed. Uh, and now we know it's still coming this year. It's just not going to be until uh, December. So we learned a little bit about what, how Amiibo will function in Treasure Trove Collection. The Amiibo will unlock new co- cosmetic costumes. They're cosmetic only. Uh, it unlocks challenges within each game's challenge mode, and it also unlocks a fairy friend. And who doesn't want a fairy friend? Apparently, the Amiibo Makes Sense will work for the Nintendo 3DS, the Switch, and the Wii U version of Treasure Trove. Um, They're promising more Amiibo details to come. We also learned that in Shovel of Hope, they're adding a third option for character pronouns, so you can choose they and them. Good. And plus, uh, there's a bunch more that they announced, but I didn't really understand it because I don't know the intricacies of any of the games yeah. or expansions after the original Shovel Knight. Um, that's interesting. I didn't, uh, I would understand that, but I didn't see any of it. So I can't, I can't <laughs> Just be Just know that here. it's out there. There's more out there. If you're looking for more information on Shovel Knight, you can find it. Also, they announced a brand new spinoff, Shovel Knight Dig, developed by Bomb Chicken developer nitrome 
Yeah. Uh, not sh- really sure how to describe it. Looking at the video, it's kind of reminds me of Shovel Knight meets SteamWorld Dig 2. Yeah, so it's uh, it's not procedurally generated. It, it's sort of, it's like semi-procedurally uh, procedurally generated. Um, and, you know, you do a lot of uh, digging and, you know, features the Shovel Knight. So, I mean, hey, uh, if Yacht Club is putting uh, their weight behind a- another Shovel Knight game, I'm definitely going to check it out. Yeah, very cool. Capcom has officially announced the Mega Man Zero ZX collection coming January 21st, 2020. I think these were originally Game Boy Advance and DS games. Hey, Mark, you're right. So the the first four Mega Man Zero games uh, were all GBA games, and they were collected at some point on the DS. And I had this collection because I was like, oh, Mega Man games I never played. Um, let's go for it. Uh, I tell you what, I don't really care for them. Um, they've got like this big overworld, and they're super challenging. Um, and are they, do they play in the traditional Mega Man way? Not really, okay. no. Um, like they are, they're a lot more instead of like uh, you know selecting what levels you're going to from like a, a menu. Um, it's you have to get to them like in in this like overworld level, um, which also involves a lot of like checking in with like your base um, and. All this kind of stuff. Oh, uh, yes. What we all wanted from Mega Man games. Busy work. Yeah, yes. They, and, there, and there's a lot of busy work in this. And then, like, you get into the action. The action's super difficult. Um, which, you know, isn't bad. But if that's the only thing breaking up, like, the monotony of... Uh, yeah. It's just... It's, it's just uh, they, 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 they weren't my cup of tea it's when I It's a different flavor collection. of Mega yeah. Man that didn't necessarily sit well with you. It's... I think they, these were all developed by Inti Creates. Yeah, it could be. Um, and then it also... So it includes those four Mega Man Zero games, plus Mega Man ZX, which was the DS variety, and Mega Man ZX Advent, which I'm not sure what it is, either a, a remake or a spinoff or something. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it, if for Mega Man completionists, uh, the Switch is starting to look like a great place to play a lot of Mega Man games. Um, I mean, right now, between the two... Let's see. Uh, six in the first one, four in the second Legacy Collection, and then another eight in the uh, X um, Mega Man X Legacy Collection. It's 18 games plus Mega Man 11, 19, and then another six. It's 25 Mega Man games. So, like, you know, go for it, man. <laughs> Just play Mega Man. Never stop playing Mega Man. And uh, finally, current writer of the Sonic the Hedgehog's comic book series, Ian Flynn, shared his pitch for a Super Mario Brothers comic for Archie Comics on his Twitter. You can follow him at, at InFlynnBKC. Um, he delineates the entire pitch from start to finish. I don't know that we need to go through the entire thing here. Yeah. Um, but interesting to know that uh, he was uh, pitching um, Mario comics. I, I feel like um, I, I remember reading the Mario comics that were in, the, uh, in Nintendo Power, obviously, 25 years ago, um, and really enjoying those. Um, and uh, Ian Flynn is a, he's, he's a great writer. He wrote a bunch of, um, uh, TMNT universe, uh, Ninja Turtles universe, uh, comics. Um, so I interviewed him for the, uh, oral history project that I'm working on, uh, now, um, that you can read in the backs of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles numbers 93 through 100. Um, and, uh, he's a super thoughtful, interesting guy. So, um, yeah, if he ended up, uh, actually 
uh, following through on this at some point, Nintendo actually wanted him to do it, I would absolutely check him out. Yeah, I believe he said that he pitched them, like, this was years and years ago. Yeah. And that Nintendo of America was pretty interested, but just kind of stalled out with Nintendo of Japan. Interestingly, at the very end, he says that, you know, looking back on it, he... If he were to do this again, he probably would have pitched a very different type of series. Mm. But um, that he thought it was just kind of like an interesting look at what could have been. Um, yeah. And, you know, if you're maybe looking for hints at what a Nintendo or a Mario movie might look like, uh, you know, maybe this is a hint at that. Well, who knows? Uh, nobody knows. All right, Mark, let's get out of the news. That is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you like this episode, hey, it would help us out if you shared it on Facebook or Twitter or wherever you share things. Put it in a personal ad. Yeah, take out a personal ad in the local paper. Local papers only. I don't want to see this appearing in the paper of record. Do they have a personal section in The Grey Lady? Um, Let's not say the name of the paper. I think it's more fun if we don't <laughs> say the name of the paper. Was the name of the, uh, the the movie about said unnamed paper called The Post? No, it was, that was about a different newspaper. Oh, that yes. That might not surpri- <laughs> su- surprise you. <laughs> uh, what are we talking about? On Twitter, you should follow us. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MK Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. You can check out our Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape at Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apeatbetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying the Miami Herald. And thanks for listening. Hey, do you like comic books? Do you like brothers? Do you like brothers talking about comic books? You do. Okay, then. Listen to this ad. My name's Will Hines. And I'm Kevin Hines. We are brothers as well as comedians. As well as huge fans of comic books. Like the Fantastic Four, which we are talking about a lot right now in our podcast, which is called... Screw it. We're just going to talk about comics. From Campfire Media, available from now until the end of time. (laughs) Screw it. Screw it. We're just going to talk about comics. Campfire.